your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ATP. James here, joined as always by Ryan following Everton's 2-1 victory against Huddersfield Town in the Carabao Cup. Before we get started, if you would do us a massive favor and hit subscribe and or like on the platform you're consuming this podcast, as well as leave us a rating, review, or subscription, that would be most appreciated. But let's get into things, Ryan. We're going to start before we get into the match itself. We had some... I don't know if you call it transfer news, but departing youth player Thierry Small has officially signed for Southampton, and uh, he had some interesting comments on his arrival that I think amused both of us. Yes, let's knock this one out before we get into the madness that was today. Um, So here's the quote captured by the Liverpool Echo. Uh, His quote, uh, and they're like, here's the explanation why he signed for you know, Southampton or whatever the headlines were. They're kind of absurd, honestly. But okay, here's the quote. It's an unbelievable feeling, a big moment for me and my family, especially to join such a family-oriented club. It's an honor to be here, and I can't wait to get started. It's a real great honor to play here and play under Ralph, and I'm grateful to be here. The people, when I came to visit the club, everyone was so friendly and nice. Here we go, and this is my favorite. It's such a big place and a great city when I came to visit. And I thought this is the best place for me to develop as a player and reach new levels to my game. So I, a couple things mm. about this. So, okay. Family, family club, right? Family oriented club, Southampton. Uh, everyone's so friendly, so nice. And it's such a big place in great city, Southampton. So, um, you know, I'm not, not trying to point out the obvious here and this is a loss for Everton. I mean, it's not, not good when you lose, players regardless of whether he had the right attitude or right approach i mean you want to create pathways for people and i, I understand maybe signing in kunku i mean factored in this of course you'd think it would be he probably just wants to play but i mean does that really make a lot of sense i mean am i wrong but doesn't everton kind of embody those things it's a big part of our identity oh 100 this is a weird one because and we were going back and forth about this off air but i mean it, it comes down to playing time for the kid right he's seven, 16 17 i think He's ready to make his his next step in there. And, you know, I, I don't you think you can really fault him for leaving because there wasn't that clear pathway to the first team for him. But these comments, besides the fact that you could probably like cut and paste these comments and apply it to <laughs> yeah, any player true. signing for any team, like they're going to say that sort of thing. But it like it sounds like he's talking about Everton. It's a family place. Great city. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I look. Wish him all the best, but it just is a, a, a weird thing to say. I'm sure the Southampton fans will eat it up. Oh, he understands. Yada, yada, yada. And he gets the club. He, that's he why gets that's us. why he's here. That's all it takes. It's a low bar these days for uh, player comments and their <laughs> level of commitment. But it is unfortunate to see him leave because he was very highly rated and uh, one of the young, maybe the youngest player to debut for Everton or one of them when he got uh, his debut last season. And uh Fortunately, you know, we saw Niels and Kunku today, but this one, this one hurts a little bit on the bright side. We will be due some compensation once uh, that all gets settled, Ryan. It's a little interesting. We didn't agree to a fee or it's so it didn't sound like according to the echo. Um, so normally a tribunal will, will hear this thing and determine compensation. Uh, the biggest one I think there has ever been was when Liverpool tapped up. I mean, I'm sorry, signed, um, Harvey Elliott from Fulham, uh, who's, you know, such a wonderful character. We really missed out there. Such class kid. Um, but anyway, he I, I mean, the order is pretty big. I think it's going to be at least four million pounds. And I think it was two million up front and some stuff on the back end. So at a minimum, it should be more than training comp and, and typical solidarity payments. It should be significantly more than that. I mean, look, a couple million here as a cash injection would be nice, at least within the fiscal year. And that's all that matters for financial fair play. So, yes, that every little bit counts, I suppose, at this point. But it is a little bit of a bummer. Um, Any last thoughts before we get into the madness? No, let's just get into it because it was crazy, crazy frustrating as well. Uh, Second round of the Caribou Carabao Cup. The what? Not the the Caribou? I thought it was the Haribou. The Gummy Bear Cup. Oh, no, it's not that. Is it a carabao? Is it like a moose? The it's, coffee? It, it's uh, 
it's Carabao. It's supposed to be an energy drink, but I think Caribou oh. is better. Why? Why do know. they have like the skull thing on the cover of the with the antlers? The product? Yeah, what it's is very? It's like very a misleading. like a Texas style skull thing, but isn't it like Japanese? Yeah, it's it Asian. Like, I, it's, think? I, I think it's an Asian energy drink. Um, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It continues this weird slide for what was formerly the League Cup in its uh, descent down the bottom, scraping the bottom of the barrel of, of sponsorship opportunities. But regardless, it's a trophy that Everton. Hi, it's Thai. It's not Japanese. Apologies. Oh, apologies. Yes. Big apologies. It's a trophy that Everton should be striving to win. And uh, we saw this afternoon the Everton lineup drop and there were nine changes made. We saw Jean-Philippe Gabamin get his first start in 738 days. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? And he played the full 90. But an interesting lineup from, from Rafa, Ryan. And maybe before we get in, let's just go with instant match reactions to start things off. We won. Uh, there's so many flaws in it. We'll get into them. I mean, a lot of details. Uh, I thought when they announced the lineup, I thought we might be in a little bit of trouble. We were um, for reasons, though, that were kind of strange and we'll get into them. I mean, it's still just kind of uneasy about the whole thing, honestly. I mean, it was dramatic and I guess it was lovely for the neutrals. The type of game that you always hope and expect as an Everton, well, the naive Everton fan expects going into, oh, we're playing Huddersfield, you know, this will be a comfortable win for us. It's never comfortable when we go into these sorts of matches. They didn't even have a full stadium, but they did have a good assortment of fans there, as well as the traveling contingent of Evertonians were uh, in full voice. But yeah, when the lineup dropped, it was it was very strange, but we have to give our dues to our Discord score predictors. We had our fearless producer, James H, predict 2-1, as well Man. as S. Stupka, predicted 2-1 Everton in what should be a comfortable game, but we won't finish our chances and we will let one in near the end to keep it interesting. He was wrong. It wasn't quite that uh, sequence of events. It was not comfortable for most of it. It was actually quite nervy for large stretches, but give credit to S. Stupka and now his third consecutive episode getting featured in the score prediction. Uh, yeah, even though the first one didn't get it right, we just it was again, okay. it was more about cocktails. But yes, he's uh, he's apparently a regular now. He's uh, we let him wizard. in the door and he's uh, never leaving. He's posted Ve- up on the couch. Vegas will be reaching out soon. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So let's talk. Let's talk uh, lineup, Brian. So we had obviously Asmir Begovic come in for Jordan Pickford. We went with a back three of Holgate, Michael Keane and Gerard Branthwaite. Uh, with Niels and Kunku and John Joe Kenny playing the wingback positions, Sean Philippe Gabamin, Tom Davies in central midfield with Awobi, Townsend, and Keen, Moise Keen, in front of them. What did you think when you saw this lineup? Because I was a little concerned. Yeah, I, I didn't. I thought we might go 5 4 1. I think the personnel lends itself to that a little bit more. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of some of the ways that Benitez played at Dalian Pro. Um, the problem we had is if you play that way, we don't really have a target guy. So you can't really play exactly like that because you don't have a Solomon Rondon and or Dominic Calvert-Lewin in this case. Um, that's what I thought we would play. It wasn't exactly that. Um, I, you know, my concern on announcing it was that's a lot of inexperience in the back. I don't like that left side at all. Uh, Brant Waith is not up to quite this level yet. You know, he did okay last year in a cameo for Blackburn, but you know, it was a little concerning when you stack all those guys on top of each other. You know, Ninkunku has not played a whole lot. So that was my initial my initial concern, kind of that left side. That being said, I also thought, hey, you know, it's a big opportunity for some guys. Maybe they'll step up. I'm not so sure they really did. Uh, I still hated our midfield shape, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I mean, I was along the same line of thought as you. I thought I didn't think going into it that he would start. I figured Kenny would start for Coleman, and I thought that potentially in Kunku would start as well, but I didn't think he'd go with Branthwaite as well. That is three very young. Well, I guess John Joe Kenny's not even an experience now. He's just kind of not that great. I mean, you got most of them right when you predicted it, but in your defense, I mean, we didn't really know who was eligible or not. Like I'm a little confused. Like was why is Fabian Delph not on the bench? What's going on with that? So you didn't know who you even had to choose from really. Um, So I think that was part of the confusion. But great to see Jean-Philippe Gabamin get his first start in so Absolutely. long. He's been eased back in. We saw him in Florida. It was great to see him back on the pitch. Uh, I think this was a perfectly timed match in terms of his specific 
kind of trajectory back into the team. And that was positive as well as seeing Moise Keen uh, not yet gone and actually playing uh, and see Awobi, which I thought he would end up centrally, but uh, he ended up starting out on the left, which is still good. Yeah. Uh, at least he's not playing totally out of position. True. Yeah. Uh, and, and was in half space a little bit when, when Nkunku would go forward a bit. I mean, ultimately we didn't have that much possession, so it didn't quite work out that way, but he was definitely effective and probably our most dangerous player. And then he had to get stuck playing center forward. That had to be strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's talk about Huddersfield very quickly. Um, they've won their last two, um, but to be perfectly honest, they're not really playing incredibly well because that include a one nil winner against Preston. Uh, where they didn't have a single shot on goal. Uh, <laughs> they also got hammered by Fulham before that 5-1. Um, but they do typically play 3-5-2, uh, two up top. They played a little differently against Fulham, but it, it wasn't Huddersfield's strongest team either. I mean, there was a lot. They have a lot of the same guys from last year, but a lot of the starters weren't playing. I mean, Hogg was out. Um, you did see Saar, Thomas, High, Nichols is in goal. Dwayne Holmes of USA fame was in there. That was nice to see. He had some spells too where he looked dangerous at times. Uh, Karoma has been really playing really well for them. We didn't see him until later. Uh, Cole on the bench. Pippa was another big one. He's not even there. Danny Ward wasn't in the team. And, and uh, I think we, I thought we saw Matty Pearson later, but I don't think he was listed in the starting lineup, which is a little, Oh, there he is. Yeah, of course he was there and made a ton of tackles if I recall. Uh, but yeah, I mean, God, you see some blasts from the past, like Frazier Campbell in there, you know, Vallejo who, who had, and, and to follow those guys haven't started yet in the league. So I, the only reason why I hit that is I want people to know this wasn't Hunterfield's strongest team that we were dealing with. So we probably lucked out a little bit that they chose not to do that. Yes, it could be because we made it hard enough on ourselves. And uh, the last thing we needed was a full strength. Yeah, because They weren't great. I mean, let's be honest. No, no, here. No, no. I mean, Absolutely I would love to sit not. there and say that they played great. And we just, you know, didn't have our first teamer. So we we're overwhelmed at times that that was not, I mean, let's get to the overall here. I mean, that, that was not the case, don't you think? I mean, yeah, no, they, they certainly weren't great, but they were good enough to put us on some very uncomfortable positions, especially late, later stages of the first half and into the early stages of the second half. Um, in terms of us being out of possession, I mean, we looked at about a 50-50 possession split, which take that for what it is, uh, but we looked pretty compact off the ball. Andrews Townsend didn't even really... Wasn't really dropping super deep, but uh, Ryan, you continue to have issues with our positions vertically uh, in and out of possession. I think so. I mean, you've got three in the back, so I, I don't mind the center mids in this case, I guess, pushing up a little bit higher. I mean, it's Hedersfield, but then you've got to expect those back three to be more aggressive running into that kind of into those lines and picking off passes and, and setting the counter. You know, it's almost a trap in a way. Uh, but no, I hated it. I mean, I don't like the fact that look, in the double, really feel well, that's true in the double pivots in the past. You know, Rafael Benitez has had at least one that was one player out of the two that was a little more conservative that would sit a little bit. And maybe it's not a full traditional sitter. But in this case, I mean, I was hoping it would be JPG. I mean, he can go forward if he needs to. Uh, Davies certainly is not going to be your man of positional awareness. And I, I, we saw that a lot. It was compact horizontally. I like that. You know, there were times where you saw um, you know, Kenny way over to the left um, and Townsend tended to hang up higher too when the ball was to the left. And you saw a little bit of that Awobi as well. I thought sometimes they were a little too isolated and that was part of the problem. You know what I mean? If your center mids are not going to, if you're not going to have a true sitter, you've got to do better linking the center mids to those wide players. You know, we saw, yeah. we saw the team struggle again uh, against leads when we did that, because when they had time to run at players, I mean, Townsend's not the swiftest, but I mean, Awobi was effective. You know, that's what we wanted to see. That's where we were most dangerous. But look, I mean, the biggest problem was that, you know, we failed to move the ball quickly in the back. I mean, the center center halves were terrible passing the ball today. We had a couple moments that were almost brilliant. You know what I mean? Holgate had one amazing pass kind of into the wide channel that we just didn't have the pace to run onto. I think it was Townsend. Michael Keane had a or JPG had a lovely through ball that. Kenny couldn't get to, but I feel like Keen had another one as well, too, that we didn't get, didn't get on to. But it just, you know, Huddersfield wasn't playing a low block. It was more like a medium block. And we continued to fire long balls down the middle. That's not going to happen. Part of that was shape, truly. You know, part of that was shape because when we had possession, those wingbacks needed to get up higher. You know what I mean? And they right. didn't. They were almost a little hesitant. So maybe that's what forced the center has to continue to play it down the middle and look what happens when a team plays a medium block with a keeper off his line and you play the ball long down the middle. What happens? They eat it up constantly. Yeah. 
And they did. And I really think, obviously, you mentioned, you know, if we want to play with the back three, you do kind of want that target man up top to release pressure. And that's that's not Moise Keen's game. But furthermore, we definitely saw a a more conservative approach from from Begovic was pinging long balls. We did play a lot of long balls, but there were spells at the beginning when we were making a concerted effort to try to maintain possession, but we just couldn't really get a whole lot going forward because the link up in the midfield wasn't there. And we had guys, like you said, that were hesitating to to slow make runs. It was too slow. It was just too lackadaisical. And that's, you know, can, can be viewed as a platitude, but there was a lot of like flat footedness and lack of movement off the ball and those sorts of things uh, from certain players, especially once we scored the the first goal and then Huddersfield were kind of all over us for a spell. And some of that can be lack of familiarity. We saw that a lot last year, but we saw it because there was clearly no real grand design on where to go. Like teams can look fast sometimes when they're playing design passing sequences. And we didn't seem, you know, there may have been some design today. And I think there was opportunity, but look, you've got Michael Keane that, I mean, starting him was a curious decision. Maybe it was designed to jumpstart him back into kind of being with it. You know, again, Holgate comes in and, and he gets the captaincy which is very interesting. And Brantwaith, who was slow on the ball, you know, and he didn't look confident. And I I don't think that's a crazy idea considering people forget how young he is. So, you know, you got a Michael Keane that's not confident, a Brantwaith that can play the ball, but, you know, maybe he's a little inconsistent. I I think that's pretty much what you get. You got Niels who can really fly, but his technique's not the greatest. Um, So let's talk about Huddersfield. I mean, it seemed like they were pretty dedicated to attacking on one side and the overloading was a little bit extreme at times. Yeah, so 50% of their attack came down the right. They were really working. Sorba Thomas utilizing his pace and his willingness to drive the ball forward, uh, only 29% down the left. So they were really both utilizing Thomas and also trying to exploit that left-hand side of Nielsen Kunku and, and Jared Branthwaite, which yeah. I think was smart, although you probably they probably could have found some joy against John Joe Kenny in the wide areas, but then you have Mason Holgate supporting him. So a, a tactically savvy move by them and didn't really pay a ton of dividends early on, but as they continued and continued, they were able to to find some joy and uh, they didn't create a ton off of uh, out of, from open play, obviously, but they did have a few really dangerous chances. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it, you know, I mean, you had in essence their typical left center center forward all the way over to the right at times. A lot of it yeah. did go through Thomas. You had high kind of supporting um, and just look at it. I mean, yeah, they had more touches in the back, but, you know, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys that had touches, you know, high had 55. Thomas had 54. You know what I mean? So that was it. Uh, Holmes showed some danger before, but. Yeah, I mean, Sinani had like 52 and he was playing on the left side, sneaking all the way over. The positional map is fascinating. But look, 50 percent of the time they went down the right side. Everton had a little more balance, though. Yeah, we did. I mean, for the first time this season, we attacked more down the left than the right. 41 percent down the left, 35 down the right and 24 down the middle. And I think that was uh, reflective of the personnel. I mean, you saw Niels and Kunku wanting to drive forward. You saw Alex Awobi in that half space. I mean, he provides that, obviously. Finally playing in position, finally comfortable on the ball. And you could tell, especially with some of his early runs with the ball at his feet, that Huddersfield really had no interest in going in for tackles. They were backing off, giving him time and space. uh, And him and Keane looked to have some potentially strong link-up play early on. Yeah, there there are a lot of players out there for Everton, either currently based on on aptitude or just their performance today were in essence middle of the table championship players really but not but not the left side you know what i mean even niels is maybe not the greatest defensively and his tactical or technical acumen isn't there but man he has pace to burn so that was a natural way in fact actually looking back i think it was 41 percent left on left we tacked down the left looking back on it maybe we wanted it to be even higher uh, but yeah. obviously that got kind of thrown a curveball later in the match uh, for the most part, though. I mean, we, we didn't give up too many, too many shots that were overly dangerous uh, that got through at least to Begovic, a couple close calls. Um, I don't think the shots on target really were too indicative. I felt like Huddersfield had a little more danger than that. Um, they outshot us in total chances, but I mean, you know, we were even, I think on shots on target and they had a bunch off target and a bunch blocked, um, but look, and then sh- I mean, you know, most of their shots were outside the box, though, maybe just outside the box and made you nervous. But that that at least some indication that the tactics work to an extent, at least preventing that. But I mean, come on, man, this is Everton playing Huddersfield. What are we doing here? 
Yeah, really. There, I, I don't think you have to, to microanalyze it too much to just say like, yeah, we should have done better today. That said, 70% of the opposition's chances coming from outside the box isn't too shabby. And we were able to get 80% of our shots or excuse me, uh, 76% of our shots inside the 18 with 13% inside the six. So shot position positionally we're in good areas, but I don't think that really illustrates kind of the, the story of the game because it was scary at times. They did put us under pressure and they did have a couple chances that they could have done better on, but moving into the timeline now, I think we started off the game on the front foot. Uh, I think we maybe a little bit of players figuring each other out, but by the time the 26 minute rolls around uh, and actually I should say the early stages of the game were downright ugly. Both teams giving the ball away as a mess nonstop in dangerous areas. Huddersfield is giving us the ball in their final third. And we were uh, really conceding to some of their pressure higher up by making careless, lazy passes. But eventually we kind of break through the the ugliness and break away with Tom Davies playing in Alex Awobi for a lovely little finish and goal to put us up one. nil. was it Alex Awobi or Moise Keane? Because the uh, announcer seemed like he couldn't tell the difference in the first five minutes. Yeah, it was a weird one. He's I mean, instead of us. Come on, man. Like, pay attention. I yeah, he was, did not do the best job tonight. And look, it's nope. difficult in the in the gummy bear cup, moose cup, whatever it is. Uh, you know, there's different teams and whatnot. I get it. But that, that was pretty disappointing. Uh, the goal is nice. I mean, first of all, the run by Nielsen Kunku. I mean, he put it in another gear that Huddersfield just had no no match for that. I mean, and, and just blew by a bunch of guys. Maybe not the best defending. I probably would have kicked him. But um, when he got the ball to Tom Davies, I mean, it's a decent pass. But I mean, it's just rash defending. Yeah. Uh, Moise Keen does a nice job running off the other center half. I don't know what the right center half was doing. He just slid in there recklessly. Played it through to a Wobi. A Wobi got in there and put it right through the wickets of the goalkeeper, passing it in. Probably the only way he's going to score. He'll probably have some <laughs> absolute outrageous worldly at some point, like he would do with Nigeria. But look, it was good, and I think it was indicative of of the play. You know, I mean, you can look at it in the first thirty three minutes. We outshot them five nil. You know what I mean? We were definitely the better team. Yes, it was an ugly match. No, we weren't in control, but the quality was obviously there. Uh, And then after that, I mean, I think the most controversial moment, well, at least in the first half, was what we thought was a goal by Moise Keane in a lovely 1v1 where he's just money at these. You know what I mean? It just he's a natural goal scorer. He's so different than Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You know what I mean? They're very different players in many ways. And uh, I, I don't it was strange to see it because they called him off sides and, and blew the whistle and the flag went up and you're thinking VAR VAR. But then we've remembered that they only have VAR at the semis level in the league cup. I can't wrap my head around this one, man. I don't know how you feel, but I, I just don't understand it. It's not like they don't have it in the field. You know what I mean? The costs of doing it's already done. It's already been calibrated. What is the issue? It seems to be some either it's some arbitrary kind of distinction that they make with the the pitch that you're playing at the stadium that you're at where they can't equip the necessary cameras to get the right angles. But they can here. There's that's some, what I don't understand. That's what I mean. Have. Yeah, exactly. So it seems like they're just electing not to. And we clearly got the short end of the stick on, on multiple occasions. But this was the first one where Moise Keane times the run really, really well to get it in behind. Good. It looked good on the replay. And yeah, the, the flag goes up very early. The whistle gets blown and Keen is kind of like incredulously looking around like, are you serious? I was obviously on. And yeah, we're all waiting like we were at the weekend to save us the AR, the savior to come rescue us and give us our rightful two no lead. Nowhere to be found. Call stands. We play on. And then a few minutes later, Huddersfield end up with a golden chance. Uh, Begovic forced into a good save and then the deflection falls back. I can't remember who it was, the Huddersfield player, and he skies it over the net. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was a warning sign that uh, maybe we need to uh, tighten up a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, there were a couple uh, shots today by multiple people that um, <laughs> really were amazing. I mean, Nielsen Kunku had two shots, including one in the first half that I think like 
20 minutes or 30 minutes into our chat in the discord server ethan zander declared uh it's finally landed now <laughs> that was, i was dying i thought that was so funny because i'd totally forgotten about it uh yeah niels needs to work on his technique on the side volley for sure yeah, yeah this is a golden chance he had to have done better here it was absolutely we totally lucked out by it just mistakes in the back again um, and look, they started to get comfortable and they started to outperform us. Frankly, they took advantage of our shape. They were passing through our lines. Uh, we, we stopped being compact horizontally, I thought, at this point. And that's when we were in for real trouble. And they eventually, I mean, I, I can't, the goal wasn't really against the run of play or anything at this point because they had the momentum. But look, let's be honest, this is a very bizarre work of defending here on the set piece. I, I don't, I didn't find the set piece all that innovative to begin with, but we were clearly not prepared for. I mean, it was like their first corner or second quarter of the game. And it just felt really predictable with the pressure that they had been building. But no, there's nothing special about it. They just hoof it in the box. We don't defend it well enough. And they had it basically straight down the middle. We had uh lease had it, had it directly like between Begovich's arms and nothing he could do about it. And that was probably uh, the inopportune timing, to say the least, to concede right before half and get the crowd back into things coming into the second. Yeah, people were ticked. And look, I, I understand. I was. I was I, livid. I was, too. And I understand Rafael Benitez's obsession with zonal marking, uh, zonal defense, yeah, in, on set pieces. And I'm fine with that, actually. I have no, no issue with it. But the problem is you need some runners. I mean, the problem with zonal marking is there's some benefits, but the big problem is you're still standing still as a center half. You yeah. know what I mean? You just can't get the momentum to outleap a player who's in a dead sprint. So you got to have some blockers to block the running. But they kind of did a, a play where, and they did it later as well, too, where we were set up rigidly on the sixth in zones, keeping it tight. And then they kind of ran from almost in behind the goal behind the players to kind of jump out in front of them to gain momentum, but they still had to go wide enough to gain momentum. I think our blockers just didn't know what the heck to do because we've been in somewhat mostly zonal, but in a hybrid function, at least for the other matches, the other two matches in the league. Um, Benitez has been known to have some issues with set pieces, but I think it's more of a, mythology creation type thing against them about zonal marking, you know, and some people love that. They don't even understand what the heck it is, but they love bringing it up and trashing it. And well, I remember know. the the infinite debates about zonal marking we had under Marco Silva, and I'm happy not to relive those because they were yeah. uh, tedious. Yeah. And look, uh, you know, I'm sure we didn't have the, well, we should have scouted these guys fine, but this wasn't like, it's not like Huddersfield is some amazing set piece team. I mean, I think they had five goals from corners last year. It was the bottom third in the championship. So, you know what I mean? So this isn't like some dangerous group, but this was way too easy, in my opinion. And yeah, it left a bad taste in the mouth. And, and you know, kind of taking stock of what happened in the first half, there were some bad, bad statistical stories, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we lost the possession battle. Two for seven in crosses. Ugh. Long some, balls some, galore. Well, can we talk about some of the crosses? I mean, really? I mean, I mean, it was we were mishitting them by like 20 yards in yeah. some cases. We had a couple corners. Townsend hit one. I don't even think it touched the opposite side of the 18 yard box. It just went like 25 oh. yards long and out of bounds. He had another one later. That was bad. The crossing was just all over the place. And we didn't really have the personnel to really leverage the crosses to begin with. So True. it felt kind of uh, a futile attempt. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that we had Asmir Begovic two for 12 on long balls. Michael Keane three. What, what is up with the, that on the long balls, please? Can you possibly explain this to me? I mean, everyone knows by now Moise Keane is not great in the air. He can attack it in the air if he's playing offense, you know, and wants to score. But he's not. I mean, he's actually a strong guy. He can hold someone off yeah. if the balls on the ground. You know, the guy's got leg strength out the wazoo and showed it a couple of times tonight. He's not going to win the ball in the air. So why? I mean, it's just handing them the ball. Why? It's Rafa why? ball, Ryan. It's Rafa ball. And it, it, it brings up the point that we talked about extensively in the squad assessment where you do need that, probably need that backup striker that can fill that role because if the play is going to keep be... doing it, apparently, I mean, how right. I mean, but he's had guys like Torres and other guys that could play striker that weren't that great in the air. I mean, this is a, this is a mistake, isn't it? Tactically. I mean, what is he thinking here? Well, I think. Honestly, I thought that we were so poor trying to play through the middle and play out of the back that we just True. it was it was a method of last resort where what else are we going to do to get the ball up? Because True. 
our center backs would pass it around and they would pressure high and, and we give it away and all. And you can still win second balls, too. I, I guess, you know, yeah, I should, yeah. I should so totally it's not say that. But, but six, it was six for 21 long passes, though. Again, Hamas, like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's uh, certainly not the most effective strategy, to say the least. Uh, no. Yeah, Begovich, two for 12. And uh, it was not pretty. And we really gave them, I think, a lot of confidence going into halftime yeah. and perhaps would have presented an opportunity to course correct, but it did not. And they came out guns blazing for the start of the second. Look, I'm not going to, you know, we had a conversation after the first match about switching sides with a couple players and tactical changes yeah. at halftime. And, and you figured Benitez would make an adjustment. And, and I appreciated that he did. Um, came out at halftime immediately with, um, did I get that right? Did he subbed at halftime? It was it was after halftime. He did not. I'm sorry, but he did swap. But he changed. Right. He well, he also changed the system, I think, eventually. I mean, he he I get what he wanted to do, probably give these guys more of a chance to succeed, you know, play a little bit more behind the ball. Uh, But it's hard to keep three guys in a row in the back. And these guys haven't played together much. So, I, you know, it just it wasn't working. I don't know what to say. Um, But, yeah, I thought the second half, you figured we'd come out with some adjustments and some fire. And we absolutely did not. Uh, I mean, we came out poor. They outshot us four to nothing in the first 15 minutes of the second half. I mean, they were four, six dribbles. It was all Dwayne Holmes basically running down the left side. And I just it it looked the same. It was negative. The back three were awful slow. And I mean, he almost had to make this move. I guess he made the sub in the 57th, right, where he subbed Andre in for JB. Yeah, hopefully to try to like claw back a little bit of a foothold in terms of possession because we were just getting run all over. Branthwaite, unfortunately for him, just looks way out of his element and uh, deservedly subbed. Now, Andre offered something a little bit different. He hasn't really, we haven't really talked a lot about how Andre might feature or we haven't seen him at all yet this season, but it was clearly not working. And so I guess you'd have to give Rafa a little bit of credit that after 60 minutes or almost 60 minutes, he elects to make a move um, and it did change things slightly. It did. I mean, I, Andre showed a lot of good movement and I mean, yeah. he likes to carry the ball. He wasn't doing that as much. It was more one touch stuff and that's good. He's going to have to adjust, you know, a same thing. It may be the haircut, <laughs> but Alon is similar too. you know, there's some guys we have that are more possession based players where they're going to have to alter it and adjust. And it was good to see him do that. But really the talk of the match was the 59th minute because it, it should have changed things. And that's this point we're struggling. And I mean, the last thing we needed was for this to happen, but you know, you can walk us through the incident. I, I gave my color commentary in the Discord server. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think I referenced if somebody did this to me after I had the ball in a pickup game, I would have just turned around and wrecked him. Um, but I was encouraged because I saw Moiskeen come all the way back to the ball, win a ball, and he seemed to have this attitude like I'm freaking taking over. And you yeah. love to see that. You know what I mean? He was full of just fire and just ready to go. And it was lovely to see because you wouldn't have seen that last year but it's a bizarre sequence. And, and yeah. I, I, I do wonder if VAR is in here, if this even happens, but I want to hear your take on it first. We could talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Moise Keen, obviously, as you said, tracks back, recovers the ball and looks to break the opposite direction and does break. He took off breaks. He takes off. There's a little bit of a coming together between him and Thomas, Thomas, a little bit of a dirty play coming into his back. It looks like, like shoves him from behind. Keen gets rid of the ball turns around and immediately clearly frustrated goes at him. Allegedly there was some sort of contact to the face or whatever worth noting that Thomas had like flopped in the first half on a, like no contact play from Tom oh, Davies. That was disgrace. a travesty. Um, and so Keen gets immediately shown a red card, like no question ref straight to the back pocket. I don't think I didn't see what, a if he had a good view of it or not, but it seemed like a dramatic overreaction because neither player like went down. There was no like flopping or anything like that. Um, And Thomas ends up getting shown a yellow card, but it was, I was shocked to see it all happen so quickly. And it just felt like it was a complete overreaction and knee jerk uh, decision by the referee that then wasn't able to be backtracked because no VAR. Yeah. And I think throwing the back pocket at that moment, you're only making it worse. So to yeah. me, you let it cool down and you offer it later. If you want to do that after consultation with the linesman who can yeah. all see it, I'm happy that you're up right in front of everything. But my problem is you're going to give the red card immediately without and you clearly didn't see the Thomas hit and there's no VAR. 
So I don't appreciate that. So what Thomas did, I saw him as he hit him in the back of the head. And, and honestly, I mean, it's just an absolutely dirty play. If you got to tackle someone from behind, grab his shirt, pull him down or something. Keen would have been ticked, but have been like, fine, no big deal. I was breaking free. It would have been a tactical move. You take your yellow and you move on. But it was a cheap shot. It was dirty. And Keen put on the brakes, got low and did kind of like a hockey style check and hammered him. And knocked him backwards about a foot. And that was great. I appreciated that he did that and stuck up for himself. What I hate is, and I see this garbage all the time in matches, and I cannot stand it, is when then Thomas comes at Keen and gets in his face like nose to nose. So what does Keen do? He naturally shoves him to get him out of his face. Now, look, Keen was dumb. He shoved him in the face. Don't do that. Shove him in the chest. Shove him off you. Do whatever you need to do. Wag your finger in his face. Tell him that you'll kill him. I don't care what you do. Don't shove him in the face. But look, I would have I mean, I would have given him the both. I mean, the fact you changed the match that way that quickly without having seen the incident that precipitated it, I think is absolutely garbage. And, and it was a poor decision and it created a match in a way where it shouldn't have been. It didn't matter. Thank God. But it was a, it was a disaster. Now, VAR goes and looks at that. I mean, I, I think they they probably I mean, they might even run Thomas on a race yeah, for that. Right. I just you just don't see that stuff like that's a CONCACAF type move. You know what yeah, I mean? And like it's, it's just, it's not, I'm, you don't do that. Like you don't do it. Take the foul. That's fine. Don't hit a guy from the back like that. It was cheap. It was dirty. He hit him in the head too. I think if I, and I watched on a replay a couple of times, there's not a close replay, but it's dirty and cheap. And I, I don't understand why, you know, he looked mad, upset. It's garbage. It's Bush league. I don't think the referee handled it very well at all. I don't think he did. I think the referee was horrific today. I thought that was frankly an embarrassing decision and a complete overreaction. That said, if you're a player, you have to be more cool headed in that yes. moment because it's always, always, always the reaction. It's always the second guy. that gets penalized. And so Keen, look, I love, I love that he showed passion. I think he got a little too wrapped up in the moment and it was, it was rash and a little bit foolish, but it was still more than anything on the referee and the poor decision. I agree. I think you have to remain calm in the situation Settle the players down, go to your linesman, go to the assistant and get a second opinion, talk it through and then make the call. If you make it in, because once it's out of the pocket, there's no taking it back. That's right. So it was just, it was really frustrating. And at the time I was thinking, okay, well, we're getting outshot. We're getting overrun and now we're down to 10 men. So what's the next most likely scenario? Yeah. Well, we uh, saw it. We saw it in the 64th. So they score off the corner. Again, another struggle here. So predictable. So predictable. However, I'm going to give Rafael Benitez's zonal marking some credit here because look, the zone, like immediately the men on the corner pull off the corners basically to create the zone. So there's no one behind them. And so what people don't realize is what that does is the flick on makes it offsides every time. And when you have VAR now, it's more precise. Now it's a better thing because the one thing you cannot stop is the flick on. And there've been statistical studies done that the flick on is the one, even if it's a short one has the highest percentage of kind of goal scoring opportunities. I think I'm paraphrasing it, but there are several studies out there. That's the second ball. Yeah, right. It's hard to, t- you know, it's hard to stop because it's unpredictable. Now that being said, the announcers were totally confused by this. <laughs> to me, it was obvious immediately. And look, we had the same incident last year with Gilfie Sigurdsson. The difference was, and we argued at the time, was Gilfie was on the ground, so he was out of the keeper's vision. In this case, how could you argue the keeper was, he was definitely impaired. I mean, Begovic could not have seen Standing the ball right clearly, in front of him, right in front of him, basically, and hit him, actually, initially. Yeah. Now, Begovic shoved him off. I wouldn't necessarily call that. But look, he was in an offside position. He affected the play. All you have to do is, and I got to read the rules again, but be in his field of vision. That was the argument against Gilfie. He's like, he's on the ground. You know what I mean? I hate he talking about that game. Four. Cause well, that well, it's was... just like, he's six, four. How can you impair someone? He's sitting down and there's no way he yeah. could impair division. Here is a totally different situation. Is it not? It was, it was clear as day that he was directly in front of Begovich. Now it was interesting because the commentators were making it out as if it was a foul. And so watching the replay, I'm like, there's no foul. There was no what foul the heck happened. What the heck happened? And then it became clear. And then the announcers completely misinterpreted the description from the referee. They said like he impeded or impact impact. It impacted the keeper. And they thought that meant, well, it was the foul beforehand. No, you doofus. That is not what it is. You do not. Good say Ramsey would say, <laughs> um, no, that's not what that means. That you just impacted his ability to play the ball by impairing his impeding his vision. That's all it was. I don't even think it was controversial, to be perfectly honest. And, and lesson learned. Get out of the way of the keeper. Like yep. seriously, man. All you had to do is step to the other side. I mean, I understand you're trying to 
you, you love running someone in front of the keeper to keep him in the box, right? And, and obviously, when you have Guy Begovich's size, you want to do that. But you did it too much, and you cost your team. So I'm glad they disallowed it. I think it was the right call. Um, and, and I think that, you know, suddenly I thought, you know, we still we can, we can win this sucker. You know, we're, we can't be this much of a disaster. And thankfully, Benitez finally got around to making some subs. And, it, you know, you could tell. Nkunku was totally dead at this point. Uh, he wasn't defending particularly well. And our structure was still bad. So I think the Dean for Davies was the sub of the night. Totally yep. changed the way we could defend, made us different, made us comfortable. And Luca Dean was absolutely immense. 64th minute, right after that, I think it was, he yep. subbed him in for Tom Davies, who frankly, I don't think was playing well. He made, you know, he got the assist on the goal, but I mean, he was dogging it back sometimes on defense. And I'm shaking my head like, are you kidding, man? This is your chance to show that you need to be in the lineup here. You're not doing a good job with it. I think, I think he kind of blew it a little bit. He wasn't awful. But, you know, we struggled with positional awareness and part of that could be chemistry because him and JPG have never really played together. But this sub to me was the game changer. Yeah, it was huge. And he brought Dean in, but kept uh, Nkunku on. So had Dean kind of inside playing that defensive role. And I think it really suited us well. You saw him make an immediate impact and like just the the disparity in quality between yeah. like Jared Branthwaite defending in those same areas versus oh, yeah. Dean and the ability to dribble the ball and, and even get forward. You know, Dean was able to get forward fire in a couple of crosses. So I agree. It was a hugely impactful sub and made a big difference. He and then owned furthermore, Thomas. I mean, he basically just, yeah. I mean, he was like, what an, he has such my son an attitude about him. <laughs> right. Such an attitude. You know, he just stepped up. He's like, I'm going to own this guy. This guy's not doing anything. I mean, what a pro. I mean, he's just at another level sometimes, you know, he, he might be our best player. Honestly, I think we forget about it sometimes. Yeah. And, and I was, who wasn't totally spent there, but then it was funny to watch him run up and down for about the next 10 minutes and he was just dead. Yep, and then it was okay. Time for Tamari Gray to come on, get Niels and Kunku off. Massive impact again, too, right? Huge impact. I mean, you can see what his we've seen what his pace can do in a full ninety, and now we get to see what it can do against some tired legs from the championship. And it was like you know, it just clearly a, a levels above. Blew by guys without any without any real effort, and his dribbling ability. And he was looked intent on driving the ball forward. So seventy fifth, Gray comes on four minutes later. Everton managed to take the lead shorthanded through Andros Townsend, his first senior goal for Everton. Yeah, it was great to see Alex Awobi uh, playing his typical center center forward position. <laughs> that was so strange to watch me really in a four, four, one after that. And, and, you know, I wanted us to pressure the ball a little bit more, but I got that we didn't. Um, but I agree is instrumental in this play too. You know, he's got the ball in the wing, you know, on the far on the sidelines and they won't go after him because they know they step forward at him. He's gone. You know, he's got him. It was just nice to see that there was a lot of movement on that play. You know, JPG showed some good movement. Andre comes to the ball. Dean stays wide back to Andre to Dean wide again. And then he flicks it to Andre kind of making a run. JPG's rotated back in support. I mean, it was great. And then it kind of goes back to Dean. And this is when a kind of sneaks forward, you know, and tries to box out his guy because Dean sees it. You know, he kind of clips it back to Andre because now that channel is open and Andre can get the ball into Alex. He does. Alex settles it, plays a quick pass to Andre, who makes a great run. And look, I mean, he had to flick it pretty hard to get rid of it quickly. And Andre did a good job, kind of kind of little seemed clumsy, but it wasn't the easiest ball to take. And then Andres Townsend, who. Uh, you know, we made fun of his pace uh, earlier in the first half, uh, but he is Johnny on the spot. What a run. This pass was great, but I mean, Townsend just boom, one time top bins and comes rumbling in roofs it. the away fans go nuts. And it was a really easily our best sequence of the game. And I think uh, a well-deserved goal to do it shorthanded with Alex Awobi playing the the target man role and the, the facilitator. Great to see. And really, I think at that point just showed what an impact the subs made and how they really got us back into the game because we were kind of floundering without them. And then all of a sudden it's just 10 minutes to go kill off the game and uh, see yourselves into the next round. Yeah. And they brought, brought uh, Josh Caromon, who's, who is one of their good offensive uh, talents and, they made some pressure. I mean, they really didn't get too many huge opportunities. They had one corner, uh, one kind of cross that Keen botched a little bit. Um, there was a terrible foul by Saar on Townsend. At one, oh, yeah. Which I just I understand maybe he's a little clumsy and slow on it, but that thing had to be borderline red again. VAR. I wonder if someone looks at that and says, wow, I mean, the ball is way gone. You're totally and he just kicks it out. Oh, he just absolutely hammers him. He just winds up and just lays him out. 
I really wanted to see us punctuate it with another goal. I mean, Gray got loose a couple of <sighs> times. Very lady got loose. It just made one long touch. You know, he's playing yep. so fast at this point. And there were a lot of bad touches. Maybe it was a field issue, maybe a pitch issue. I don't know. I mean, but uh, look, we closed it out and we won. You know what I mean? And, and look, it wasn't pretty. I mean, I think there's a lot of critiques about this one. I think when you take a step back, but look, I'll take it, you know, and, and it's good that a lot of people got some experience, got in. I love the fact that JPG got 90 minutes, but man, I'll tell you what, a lot of concerns here. Let's first start about set pieces because you know, I didn't, I thought we, you know, we got a chat last match. I feel like seven to two, even though, you know, they were only eight to five in corners against us. The match did to me had a little bit of a Millwall feel to it. If you remember that terrible match. Fortunately I do, Ryan. And, yeah. and I agree. It did have that feel to it where every set piece you're like clenching, just expecting them to score. And it really shouldn't be that way. And it really never felt that way under Carlo. We no. defended fairly well against set pieces. Seems like some of those, uh, tendencies to concede off of corners have started to creep back into the game, which is worrisome. Um, and really, you shouldn't be the, the amount of height we had in the box. I know, really no shouldn't sense. be conceding opportunities to these guys from Huddersfield at all. No, no. And I, I think part of it, you can say, look, you know, Benitez hasn't been here that long. He'll adjust and kind of put in his schema. But I mean, the guys need to be a little smarter to understand that if someone's running from behind you, you've got to block them from there. You know what I mean? I just, there's easy ways to counter that. Heaven's sakes, I'd put blockers right on him and force him into an offside position. There's a lot of things you can do, but you know, again, it, it may be a better team. Huddersfield and finishing would have scored another one, but they didn't, it got ruled out and everything's fine. Uh, I, it was disturbing the fact that from our goal to the 79th minute, we got outshot 10 to one. Now, again, if Keen's goal counts, maybe this game is totally different, right? Yeah. hundred um, percent. But we and we didn't seem to adjust for long balls either. What did Begovic finish like three for 20? Three for 20 is what three for two for 12, three for 12 in the first half, two for 12 in the first half. So basically, when one for eight in the second half, we didn't really change that. We just kept hoofing it. I mean, I don't know, you know, Holgate finished four for 11. I mean, some of it was, you know, we didn't have quite as many long balls in the second half. And look, Part of Rafael Benitez's game is the long pass, the stretch pass, you know, the the long line cutting ball and not these hoof ball things over and over again. And understanding, you know, if you're playing out from the back and hoofing it up to a target guy to hold it to start the counter, like we're going to see some of that the rest of the year, especially against better teams. This was not a better team. Um, and again, I, I think we also saw some issues with the right side. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, look, it's a question about we talked about. Andrus Townsend, good, potentially depth squad player, but he can't be relied on as our starting right wing. And then can't. you couple that with John Joe Kenny, who love him, lifelong blue, but he's just simply nowhere near good enough for this Everton team. He's not the answer. It's It, it, says, it says plenty that the drop-off between Seamus Coleman and John Joe Kenny is, is so dramatic that we... It just emphasizes the need for the right back even more as if we couldn't, as if we haven't talked about it enough, Ryan, we need a right back because that's just not going to fly. And he was, yeah, John Joe Kennedy just looked totally out of it. I think he's gotten worse, if I'm being honest. I mean, he it's looks worse than he did. He had 65 touches today. You know, some of the things that he could always do is run off the ball with, with aggressiveness, some level of pace and could really serve a ball. I mean, he hit the cross today that was nowhere near anyone, you know, and, and just, he just never got in the flow. We had some terrible touches. He let a ball go right out of bounds. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, I know his anticipation was poor. Maybe he was tired. I, I, I don't know, but he, it just, it was really disappointing. This was an opportunity for him to really shine and either get a move somewhere else or show that, Hey man, don't worry about it. You got me as backup. We're good. Um, but you know, I, it was disappointing. You know, Townsend actually put up some good defensive numbers. We'll get to him in a second. But yeah, I mean, his lack of pace was evident in the first half. We just need a new right side. I don't know what to sell and tell you, you know, it's just, how it is, and we keep hammering at home. Hopefully, we'll do something before now in the deadline. Um, so possession. We know Rafael Benitez doesn't really care that much about possession. And look, most of our possession that we did have was garbage. But I mean, I just I, I have a concern when you're playing against an inferior team here, letting them have the ball that much without really showing a real quick strike capability. I mean, when we did have it, we were slow with it. It just yeah. wasn't it wasn't good. And again, you know, maybe again it was just too many players out there that either played like a championship level player today or just are one. Um, yeah. Mean, any think, other, any other thoughts before we get to individual performances? No, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I think you're looking at about 50, 50 split of possession, right? We had 48.9% up to the red card 
And then it was mostly their possession. And I think if you're going to concede possession, it's fine. We've seen it in the first couple of games that you don't need sure. to dominate possession to create chances. But when you're going to give up half of the ball and then you're also going to kind of meander and look listless when you have the ball, uh, it, it makes for some unpleasant watching, to say the least. You have to dominate space then. Like if you're not going to win right. the ball or be that aggressive. And look, once they get to a point like the Rafael Benitez, low block, whatever, for lack of a better term, is aggressive to a point. But then you have to dominate space. I mean, that's just how it is. You know, you've got to dominate somewhere or else you're not going to win. Um, it's just how it is. And we didn't do that today. And again, I think we have issues with the shape, but hopefully that will improve as we go. Um, all right. Individual performances, lots of bad ones. I mean, I even thought there was a lack of effort at times, but I think it raised a point with our backups. And I think David Taylor got this one pretty right. It's certainly a sentiment we all felt. Yes, friend of the show, David Taylor, makes the very, very smart observation that our first team cannot ever get sick or injured. And that is extremely true, because if we're relying on a lineup of this nature in the Premier League, it's going to be horrifically bad. Uh, we had Mark Christopher, Mark C856, say we looked ugly and disinterested for portions. Having players with pace really helps guys like Gomez when they get in the attacking end. Also had a shout for a Wobi as man of the match, which was interesting. Um, but I think I think Mark summed it up pretty well. And PDX Toffee had some comments as well. Yeah, um, at PDX Toffee, uh, the game truly personified the comp's new name, Caribou Cup. The Caribou Cup. We already we already hit this one. Uh, <laughs> gonna We're gonna run this bit into the ground. I know, I know, the moose. Uh, Manitoba moves. It was a group of 11 who hadn't played much together that looked exactly like that. Yeah, true. But will be the man of the match for me. Incredible. The change that gray can affect at any time. Um, yeah, we saw a little different gray today holding on the ball a little bit, but I think that's what was necessary. I don't think we'll see too much of that going forward. And uh, friend of the program again, Arn Thor ass Grimson, the Grim Reaper at at a Iceland um, game where we got Men into many legs. Not sure what that means, but minutes, minutes, minutes into many legs. Sorry, I didn't see the dog. inject them. Sorry, Arthur. Um, <laughs> JPJ played 90 minutes of footy. Yeah, that's a positive, right? Job done after questionable decisions by the ref. Rafa made good subs who brought the extra on the pitch. Gomes assist, and they are white ravens, by the way. <laughs> uh, Dean doing basics. Good others, not in gray, energetic man of the match, Rafa Benitez. <laughs> That's an interesting show. Yeah, well, this is, gets into the argument over, you know, whether Rafa took too much of a gamble with the lineup today and, and deserves grief for it, um, or he took a chance and made the proper corrections. His subs were very effective. I mean, you could, Rafa had enough feel for the game, at least it seemed like to me, to make the right changes. So he deserves some credit, but yeah, he was taking a little bit of risk with that starting lineup for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I want to give Rafa credit. I do because I want and to have no a positive bench. mentality. I mean, right, that but bench was. It doesn't take rocket science to be like, okay, let's get some of our starters in here and maybe actually have some quality. <laughs> like to to be fair, let's be objective here. Who should we bring in here? Luca Dean, he's good. Let's. Oh, that. he's our best player. Okay, yeah, let's bring him in. Oh, Damari Gray, yeah, let's inject some pace. Okay. I'm sure there was a little more thought to it than that. Huh? Yes, yes, there was. Of course, I'm being facetious, but uh, we had LaShawn Baines again at Laban uh, Everton. Not a fan of the formation with no one to link the defense to the attack in midfield. It needs to defend much better on set pieces. Yes, indeed. Awobi probably man of the match for me. Swaying hearts and minds, Ryan. Alex Awobi. I think three man of the match shouts. We'll talk about that in a sec, but I think it was more of default, really. Um, <laughs> yes. So fair. let's let's talk about the guys who came into the team and the big opportunities for them. Did they really take advantage of those? Because I think that that would have been a nice story today. And I don't know how many did. Uh, Tom Davies did. OK, got the assist. He had two key passes, but. I mean, geez, you just saw the lack of positional awareness again. I don't even think yeah. he was playing that hard at times. I can't believe I'm saying that about Tom Davies. Um, God, we didn't have many fouls. Like, we almost never kicked them today. It was very strange. And normally, you know, Tom Davies is good for at least a good clobbering every now and then. Um, I thought he was okay, maybe? Yeah, I thought he was okay. Look, he had his, his few shining moments, but... Look, we attempted 23 tackles. Tom Davies had three. So it's not like he, which actually was tied with Townsend and Nkunku for most attempted tackles. Everyone right. else was kind of in the mix. But no, I, I don't think Tom was particularly impressive. I thought that 
he had those one or two moments, but in possession where you really need him to kind of dictate between the lines, he struggled to to maintain possession. A lot of a yeah, lot of conservative play. He wasn't being super aggressive, which is something uh, may have been coached in, into him by Rafa. But I I do like to see the Tom Davies who's not afraid to make mistakes, and I think we saw a little too much of him uh, concerned about playing an errant pass. Opportunistic on the goal, though. He deserves credit for that as well, Um, even if the right center back may have been just incompetent on the play. Um, John Joe Kenny, I mean, we've already beaten into the ground. This is a big opportunity for him, and I think he was poor, unfortunately. I I want him to do better, but uh, Jared Brantwaith. Needs a loan. It's just so clear. He needs to play regularly. Um, He just... He's not going to be our center back depth. Uh, some people may have been hoping for. I think that much we definitely know after today. Um, that said, I think we're still okay at that position with the four guys we got, but he needs to go out and play. He's still got, I think all the physical attributes and capability to be a, a, a top center half, but yep. just the game time is going to be so crucial for him at this stage in his career. Yeah. No difference to what we said in the squad assessment, right? I mean, really, I, I think we feel the same way. There was nothing he did today that said, geez, maybe we send one of these guys out and keep JB. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, alone could do him well. No question. Uh, Niels in Kunku, certainly dangerous fun, going forward. Yeah. I mean, we, when we saw him in, you know, in, in the lower leagues of France, he was just front foot, boom, boom, boom. Um, he does lack some technique though. At times. I mean, his crossing was okay. Dangerous today, but not successful. Ultimately the two side volleys were just, <laughs> I mean, they were hard. Those are hard play. I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, you know, coming in is even the with the left foot. Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, I mean the one <laughs> seriously hit it into the stratosphere, <laughs> man. Um, but he made a big difference in the goal, you know, and athleticism at the lower levels can really stand out. And I mean, if yeah. you've got some raw guys with athleticism that are your backups that can really move, it can be enough against lower sides and, and you need pace sometimes. And a Rafael Benitez team definitely has pace. And this is a guy that I thought he would like. We talked about this in the squad assessment. He plays fast. He wants to go forward. You know what I mean? He's not going to be all cute with the ball. Um, and, and he was effective at times. So I think he did all right. I mean, I feel... His defending isn't great, but I think he'll get better. I, I don't feel horrible if he's got to come in and play left back every now and then to spell D. But I also feel like we haven't really seen him in a back four all that often. I feel like when he plays for Everton, it's Good usually point. in a back five. So it'd be interesting to see what he has to do when he's relied more on well, the defensive side of the ball. What did we say in the assessment? We said, hey, maybe we're going to get someone who can kind of back up Dean to permit him to go out on loan. He's on well, a decent wage. I mean, that was so- my Pre-match, Ryan, that was my question is what happened to Fabian Delph? Because I thought that he was a guy who could potentially, he did it for City, obviously a different system Mm. and maybe not as well suited. But at this stage of his career, I mean, he could, in theory, slot in. Um, We're not getting a fee for him, probably. So, I mean, that would make sense. I I wonder if, say we do make a late play for Dwight McNeil. He's someone that can, even if he would be. Yeah. I mean, again, he's he's a left-sided guy, though. I mean, I think he'd be awesome on the right. We'll see what we do. Um, Did Michael Keane make you feel any better um, with his performance today after his mistakes in the first two games? He did not. Look, I don't think he really did anything particularly. Look, he didn't have any goal-conceding errors. Like, completely mm. cost us a goal. I mean, I mean the, the defending piece. wasn't great, yes. The def- him, and Holgate. The him or Holgate, one of the two. I mean, he's got to do better there, right? Uh, absolutely. So, no, I, I think if the Rafa's intent was to give him a match against easier competition to boost the confidence a little, this probably didn't do that yeah. as well as he would have hoped. Uh, seven for 17 in long balls. He only won one aerial. Is that right? No, no, no. He's the only player to win more than one aerial. Hey, I think okay. he won three, but still, I mean, it, it, I mean, that, that's, that's almost good <laughs> in default. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, God, even at the end, he let a ball go over his head. I just, there's, he just seems like, look, I can't tell, you know, I don't know this for a fact. I'm not in his brain, but he does seem like one of those confidence players, doesn't he? I mean, I just, yeah. oh, I hate being like that. You know, I'm just too analytical it's, for it, but it's probably, maybe it's true. It feels true because he, he's certainly spotty. He's inconsistent when he's good. We've had arguments about whether he's one of our best center backs and yeah. nailed on starter. And then he's bad for a couple months on end. I said it last episode. I think he just needs a spell on the bench. We need Ben Godfrey back. Uh, we need to get, Michael Keane, a little bit of competition and hopefully get him back to his best. But I don't think he's like, he's not finished in an Everton shirt. Should never play for the club again. Uh, yeah, people <sighs> need to cool off on that <laughs> stuff, man. Let's not. I mean, the guy's having a tough time. The last thing he needs is people trashing him on Twitter for heaven's sake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, JPG, uh, it was great that he played 90 minutes. He looked shaky at times, rusty. Other times, he looked like a beast out there. You know what I mean? He made it. He had one really bad giveaway. Um, 
again, some of that may be chemistry. Um, you can see the talent and the skill, though, at times. You know mm. what I mean? Like, he's just such a physical specimen. He was in command sometimes with the ball. And looking forward, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure Rafa wanted him to release the ball very quickly, but he looked like he wanted to at least. You could definitely see a player in there. Yeah, I was thrilled to see him back. I thought, as I said at the top, thought he looked good in Florida. This was his first truly competitive match for the club in, what, 736 days, I think we said at the top. And it's going to take time for this guy. Look, let's not jump to any knee-jerk conclusions here. Yeah, There's still a player in there, Ryan, but do you, did you notice, did he look the same player that we brought in from Germany? Yeah, he did. He did for physical- me. I mean, there were a couple times that he kind of, you know, bounced guys <laughs> out of bounds at one point. You know, he's just such a beast and he has... His good balance. He's strong on the ball. He didn't look quite as explosive, but I think yeah. that will probably come in due time because a lot of times aggressiveness comes with more familiarity. Yeah. You know what I mean? You feel more confident. But I mean, I, I just I and I still I'd still love to see him sitting like, you know, in yeah. behind Alana Decore, just raising raising Kane in front of them. You know what I mean? That would be pretty entertaining, I think. Agreed. And just one last thing on JPG. I mean, I thought I thought he actually kind of grew into the game, especially in the later stages. I thought his athleticism really stood out. Um, and his ability to to protect the ball and use his, his physicality. But let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Mason Holgate. Ryan, two tackles, three interceptions. Thought this was an improvement over his prior appearances this season. It was nice for him to have the opportunity to have the captain's uh, captain's armband. Yeah. Um, two tackles, three interceptions. I mean, he he did some good things in his own end. Um, it, it's kind of a good. Um, system for him to play in because he could be a little more aggressive mm-hmm. uh they did not attack much down his side uh he deserves credit for that as does townsend and john joe kenny to a lesser extent um but again we still saw some of the same long ball stuff from him again that we just despise i just really need he needs to clean that up um i i think that's fair i mean i i don't think he's going to push godfrey or mina for a starting bid anytime soon um but no, he was not necessarily horrendous. He may have been at fault on the goal, though. I, I still can't figure out in the zone whose fault it was. Um, Andre Gomes. Okay. Yeah, for a guy who thought we, we weren't sure how he would fit in Rafa's system, he ended up with two key passes. He got an assist. So, I mean, influential can pick a pass, right? We know that about him. He certainly can have the range and he has the vision at times, typically useless in the final third or yeah. as demonstrated not today in Everton shirt, but not today. Um, I was wondering if we would see him because I, I almost thought that Rafa kind of had, had pushed him out to some extent or that we might even sell him, but to see him there, uh, I, I think he can offer something. I still think he's a huge liability in a two man midfield and I'd rather have other guys in front of him, but as a depth player, to come on maybe later in games when we're missing that little bit of uh, link up play in the midfield. I think he could potentially serve a role for us. Yeah. His issue ultimately is his, his wages. They're just high. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if they can move him, they probably will. This probably didn't hurt his value though. I would say, no, you know, I agree. Um, so man of the match, let's get to the good performances. Um, Luca Dean probably wasn't out there long enough, but I thought he was absolutely awesome when he came on kind of another level, not long enough to get a man of the match shout. Townsend. Mm. Yeah, some shouts for Andrews Townsend. Um, I like the first the guy. half was so bad. That, you know, I don't. Yeah, he just he just doesn't pose that. As, he doesn't strike fear into oppositions down the flank because he, they know that they, they're not really at risk of getting beaten in behind. He had some clever turns and some clever moves with the ball. Um, he, he's a pretty good dribbler, but he I don't think he did enough for man of the match. I thought he was solid and he obviously scored the winner. And I think he's shown a knack for at least contributing goals in his time in, in an Everton shirt. So, far. yeah, I mean, look, his defensive contributions are great. I mean, three tackles, yes. two interceptions combined. That that was as high as anyone else on the team. I think Colgate had two and three the other way around. Um, look, he was terrible on set pieces today. I don't know what to say. His service was awful. <laughs> that was too. bizarre. I mean, he had a right footed cross, so he's not, he's good from deep with his left foot. When he gets in close to the goal, he can kind of whip it in from the right a little bit, but um. Look, he was one for six in crosses. I mean, but that being said, he's the only one that had a successful cross other than Tom Davies. Uh, so yeah. I, I think he was uneven, but he was instrumental in the second half and his composure on the ball and taking and drawing fouls when we yep. really needed yes, it at times, I thought was was great. He was smart. He showed leadership out there. So he deserves a lot of credit and he saved us at the end. It was a great finish and a great run and a very smart play. So kudos to him. 
But I, I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's got to, I don't think he was amazing, but I think it's got to be Alex Awobi, doesn't it? Oh, Alex Awobi. Yeah, seriously. He's man of the match. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, his defensive contributions have been great. I mean, he, even in the last, you know, the last minute of the Leeds match, you see him run all the way across the field to make a play. So yep. he's definitely working. My God, he had to be tired. You could tell he did something to his groin or hopefully not his hamstring again or a little bit earlier in the second half because he was struggling with it hopefully it's just tight but he had a tackle he had two interceptions he had a goal um you know he got the hockey assist he had the nice flick on he took care of the ball i mean he really maybe wasn't dominant or anything but he was probably our most dangerous player that, that yeah. throughout the whole match and man he put in a shift i mean when you're a solo striker in a 4-4-1 down a man and look, he was really important in us coming back and winning. So I, I yeah. think Alex probably deserves it. Love to see it from Alex Awobi. It's great to see what a bright start he's made under Rafa Benitez. And today was no exception. It's nice to see that, look, he, he we know that the right's maybe not his most uh, dangerous position, but he can have an impact across the front three positions. And he really kind of got about all across the front today, which was great to see. Um, yeah, 85.7% passing, got the goal. Got two interceptions, the tackle, the hockey assist. He he did a lot, and he worked his tail off. So I, I would give man of the match to Alex as well, and uh, well-deserved by yeah, default. I, no, no, right. I mean, you know, he was good. You know, I don't I don't know if anyone is absolutely great. So I guess maybe that's that's the difference. But, yeah, it's just nice to see. I mean, look, normally he's maybe creating a bit more, but he took care of the ball pretty well, and he was only dispossessed once, only one bad touch. You know, a lot of the other guys, I mean, Townsend gave it up three times, two times, you know, so – a little more than that. So that that's been the nice emergence from him. I mean, he seems a little bit more look, man, I, you can't dismiss the play he made for the game winner. I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that, that yeah. really, that's, that's a attacking mid left wing, making that play. And a lot, a lot of guys, I mean, Richarlison could, but not a lot of those guys, I mean, he's not really center forward. So for him to be able to box out a center back, I mean, yeah, championship level, fine. That's no small feat. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, yeah, I think that's the guy. So look, I mean, final words, it was a mess. <laughs> it was dramatic, but we got through. Um, and, you know, I, I think third round on, depending on the draw and the matchups, I mean, I think we'll probably see a little bit more of a focus on the competition from then on. Yep. And maybe we get lucky with the matchup again. But look, a win away from home is never a bad thing. Never going to complain about Everton winning. It was a Nervous affair, but happy to get away and into the third round of the Caribou, Carabao, Haribo Cup. Uh, looking forward, we now have a uh, look ahead to Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. That should be a very interesting match. XGFC. Uh, yeah, XGFC. They're actually scoring this season. So see what Rafa has cooked up for them. But otherwise, thank you so much to everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to do us a huge favor if you leave us a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice or on YouTube if you subscribe and like the channel and the video. That would be fantastic. Uh, otherwise, if you want to follow us on social media or find any of our platforms to listen to the show, you can go to linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, the toffees.